is just the surrender to like, I can't stop the waves, but I can learn how to surf them. I can ride the lows and I can have faith that the highs are coming again. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and we absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Canva for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Canva is an easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Get a free 45 day extended trial by going to canva.me slash dream job. Also, thanks to ShipStation. No matter how much you're going to sell with ShipStation, your small business can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments. Go to ShipStation.com and use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial. Also, thanks to Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Their classes empower you to do something today that you couldn't do yesterday and accomplish real growth. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash DREAMJOB and get a free trial of premium membership. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope whether you celebrated Easter or Passover, whatever you celebrated, I hope that you celebrated love. I hope that we all continue to get that our superpower is love. We are here to love other people and we are here to receive love from this this source, this loving vibration that is all around us if we just open our hearts. So today is such a beautiful episode. Right along those lines, Rachel Platten is here and she's truly just such an incredible soul. Her story is amazing. Her talent is just amazing. And I know that if you don't already know her and love her, you will by the end of today's episode. Before we dive in, I just want to remind you that I'm doing something I've never done before next Sunday, the 11th of April from 10 to 6. I'm doing a virtual retreat. It's called Welcome Soul. If you go to welcomesoul.com, you can get a ticket. This is going to be an incredible day. I designed the kind of day that I'd want to spend with you. So we're going to be doing meditation, some journaling. Susie Moore will be with us doing some success mapping. Rabbi David Aaron will be there to talk about Kabbalah and consciousness. And Heidi Stevens will be there to do breath work with us. And we will be stepping into alignment with our divine calling and really just pulling our future toward us. So I can't wait. You can get your ticket at welcomesoul.com. And I really look forward to spending the day with you. All right. Well, I'm so excited because today's conversation is so, so good. The award-winning, uber-talented singer-songwriter Rachel Platten is here with us. 
You've probably heard her iconic songs like Stand By You and Fight Song, which reached number six on the US Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the UK singles chart. Plus, it was the official anthem for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. Rachel's albums have had quintuple platinum sales in the US, and she's toured with other awesome artists like Colby Calais, Christina Perry, Pentatonix. She also appeared on stage with Taylor Swift. Rachel is also an author. In 2018, she wrote a children's book called You Belong, which is filled with soft and sweet words of welcome to new babies and explores the myriad of emotions expectant parents experience. Not only does Rachel have one of the most beautiful, genuine hearts, but she also has such an incredible story that shows how magical the world can be when you let the universe guide you and you just start taking such generous action. You're going to love her. Without further ado, please welcome the very lovable, very talented Rachel Platten. Rachel Platten, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Kathy. I'm so happy to be with you. So happy to see you. So <laughs> let's go back. Where was that first seed planted of like, I want to write and sing music as a life? Well, my mom played piano when I grew up, when I was growing up, and she wasn't, you know, so amazing, but she played beautifully a couple of classical pieces. And I remember sitting underneath the piano when I was really little. And I remember my first memory was like, you know, playing the notes that were a little too high for me to reach and just being fascinated by the piano. And it just looked like this beautiful, big, inviting ocean of something that I could explore. And, and so as when I was really young, I think my mom put me in lessons or I asked for lessons. And I remember always feeling a deep peace when I played music and a, a peace that I didn't necessarily have other places in my life, I, I kind of remember feeling like I don't quite fit in anywhere. You know, I just grew up feeling like, Hmm, I'm a little different or I'm a little more sensitive or I, I don't like when girls are mean to each other, or I want to do my homework. I was kind of a nerd. And, <laughs> but I was friends with like, you know, popular girls and I never really felt like I fit in with them. But I remember that music was the place that always felt like home for me and landing on the piano and singing was joy and peace. And it felt like I belong here. But I didn't really listen to that as this is what you should do with your life. I just, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that that was something that you could do with your life. I grew up in the East Coast and Boston. It's like very focused on graduate school and education. And I didn't have a lot of examples of artists. So it wasn't until a lot later, like 19, that I actually really decided, oh, that little feeling of peace that I have when I sing or play, that's big. I need to listen to that. Yeah. That's so cool. And of course you were the nice girl who was like, I want you guys to be nice to each other. And I'm not surprised that you love learning because you're just so grounded and genuine, which is why I think your audience loves you so much because there's nothing about you that's hype or it's part of some like persona. It's just very very refreshingly you. So none of that was surprising. What is surprising though, in the landscape of the world in which we live is that there are a lot of people who have dreams, but so few people, so, so, so few people have ever been able to accomplish the level of success and visibility and impact that you've already had. How did that happen? Like that in of itself is just literally living into a matrix of something so few people ever, ever step one foot into. Well, thank you for saying that. And I sometimes, you know, as a mom of a toddler and so much going on and I, I often forget and, and doubt my own 
you know, success or vulnerability. And like, you can just get so wrapped up in the day to day of like, just the nervousness of being a new mom. And, you know, and so thank you for reminding me that I am more than just the person that's getting yelled at in the morning. (laughs) It's nice to hear. And I, when I was 19, I went to Trinidad and I studied abroad. I followed that little inkling. Finally, like music is my life. I want, I want to go somewhere where music is the culture infused in the culture. So I went and I studied abroad in Trinidad. And when I was there, I started writing songs about my experience and one thing led to another. And actually my first show ever, like with a microphone on stage was in front of 80,000 people at this thing called the international Soka Monarch finals. Oh my God. That's insane. That's so crazy for your first time. (laughs) And when I tell people that sometimes they have this feeling of like, and, (laughs) but for me, it was like, give me the microphone in the center of the stage. Like, First of all, Trinidad is such a magical place and Carnival is so incredible. And it's just, for anyone who hasn't experienced it, I go visit and, you know, but anyway, I, so already, you know, there's magic there and, and I just tapped into it and I realized like, I want the microphone. I want to be the person singing that and my lightning struck. Like I felt wow. this fire light up inside of me. Like, what do I do to become the person in the front of the stage, not in the back? So that led me onto this journey that took then 13 years until fights on. So I went back to my college. I was studying at Trinity in Hartford and I told everyone, okay, that I was an international relations major at the time. And I was like, okay, I'm, I don't care about that. I'm going to be a musician. So I joined a band and it was really embarrassing. It was called the Rachel Platten band. <laughs> my mom was like RPD and we um we played around Hartford and that was how I got my start and then I after graduation moved to the city to New York City I had no connections I, again I don't come from a family of artists or agents or anything and that was a real disadvantage you know a lot of the writers and artists that I work with now in LA have a line of like people in their family sure. that they can lean on for experience I had no one I didn't even know any professional artists so in New York, I didn't know what to do. I was working at a consulting firm because I also loved math at the time. I was an analyst, so dorky. I was the worst employee and I would use my free time to go on Craigslist, which was like the thing at the time. And I would look up bands or like auditions, like we need singer or whatever. And then I, I <laughs> well, this sounds so sketchy, by the way, now, like I would never let my daughter do this, but it, I don't know. It was a different time. And I met some guy down in the village. Like he was like, yeah, come meet me. Like, I'll let you into the music industry. So I went, which is so unsafe. I don't recommend that if there are kids listening. And I went, I got introduced to this whole network of incredible musicians, this character of like, you would, it's out of a TV show that people are, you know, and, and I just became part of this band. It was a Prince cover band. We play, played in the village every night from 11 till 4am, five hours. Oh my God. It was wild. And then I'd go to work and that wasn't working. So I did that for like, you know, a couple of years. And then eventually, and my dad was kindly supporting me, paying half of my rent. It was a gross little walk up in the village with cockroaches, but I loved it. And finally, the biggest, most like wonderful blessing that my parents did for me was to cut me off when I was, I don't remember, 23 or 24 and just be like, we're not supporting you anymore. We love you so much. But if this is your dream, you need to be able to do this and you need to make this like not a background thing. You need to pay your rent with your music. You need to go wow. with your music. You need to like, just make it your life. And it was terrifying at the time. And I, I honestly, I can't imagine doing that to Violet. 
but I'm so grateful that he did. So I then went really going hard and I played covers on my own. I, I did the Rachel Platten band again. And I, you know, like got the whole thing up and running and I played in crappy bars where no one was listening for years. This took years. I learned how to play covers on the piano and I would just play in sports bars. I play anywhere anyone would have me to make a hundred dollars or something. And I have so many wild experiences and I toured, I like toured at the time was like, we're going to drive to New Jersey and play in a bar there. <laughs> and it was so fun. And I played in colleges and I played in summer camps and I just did it all. I bought a van. It was a big deal. The van was amazing. And that gave me a way to travel around the country. And I started traveling around the country, but very small levels of, you know, like these were like, I played living rooms, a lot of living rooms. I just hustled. I did whatever I could do, whoever would have me. And finally, after like 10 years of this, I met a manager who was like, you're doing this wrong. I love the hustle. I love how fiercely independent you are. But if you want to make it in this industry, building a fan base in this grassroots way is, is not the way to do it. Work on your songwriting. Go back to square one. Like I was writing songs, but I wasn't taking it so seriously. I'd write like one a month and be like, I have an album. And he's like, write a thousand because you don't know how to write a hit song yet. And that hurt. But let me tell you, I love feedback. Like, I don't know about you guys. I can deal with feedback. And that's my superpower is that it might hurt my feelings at first. And I, I do have a sensitive little heart, but I'm tough. Like I'm strong. And when I hear someone tell me to work on something, if it resonates with me, I will really take that and I will go and work my hardest and I will be able to take the feedback. So that was a superpower. And I heard what he said. And I then, you know, went and I just, I literally wrote 5,000 songs over oh the God. years. I stopped touring. I moved to LA. My husband was in New York. It was very hard. We're doing long distance. And my friends, I was 30 at this time. My friends were having babies and moving on their lives and buying houses. And I was buying a van and buying like production. And it was just hard for my family around me to understand what, I, what are you doing? This isn't working. But I had, I just knew, I just had this feeling and I kept writing, I kept writing. And finally I wrote fight song and still, even then, like I was 31 at the time, all the labels had rejected me so many times. So no one heard that song and they were like, yo, you're going to be a star. People were just like, that's a good song. But even when I had the fire that you guys hear now and are like, that's invincible, still people didn't believe in me. And I had to prove it again. And I had that song for two years sitting there before you guys heard it because no one would take a chance. And I knew though, and I went and took that song and I played around at living rooms again. I went back to square one. I played fight song for house concerts and, and I played it in hospitals. I did a lot of charity work too during this whole time. And, and I had stand by you at the time too. And I just saw that it was like changing people's lives and making a real impact. And that is what kept me going. You know, even after all the rejection, I just was like, I don't care one-on-one -on -one, I'm making a difference. And finally, after two years of that, someone by chance, and by the way, right before my big break, I had a massive spiritual awakening of surrender of like, I am holding this dream way too tight. I am gripping it. I am strangling the life out of it. I need it to happen so badly. I'm not even giving it room to breathe. Like the universe might be trying to send me things. And I am so nervous and so scared that I'm pushing them away. And I realized all this. So I just fell to my knees one night and I was like, God, I don't know what else you want from me. I have made the music that I think will heal millions of people. I have 
driven around the country. I have bled for this. I have done everything. But if it's not meant to be, I accept it. If I'm just supposed to play in hospitals, that's okay. And even it was like, I was sobbing. It was horrible. Uh, I cried thinking about it because it was just this feeling of like, okay, maybe my dreams that I've felt for years are not meant to happen. And I just trust you, God. And I just put it in the universe's hands and God's hands. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, I'll never be so ego driven about this again. You know, if like, who am I to say that it's not enough to play in hospital rooms and, and heal people? Why does my ego need it to be so much bigger? And sure enough, two weeks later, it got heard by a radio station in Baltimore. And the production manager of the station just was like, played it for a sister who had breast cancer and she sobbed. And finally it got the like explosion that I knew it could have from this one man believing it, this one woman who had breast cancer saying to her brother, like, please put that on the radio. Like that's healing me. Please let other women or other people have cancer. Other people in general have this power. And oh, it was so beautiful. And within weeks, it shazammed to number one. Two months after that, I was on stage at the Radio Disney Awards. Three months after that, I was on stage with Taylor Swift. Everything changed. It was number one. It was a wild, wild ride. So that's that's the discovery story. Woo! Who else is crying besides me? It's first of all, it's amazing. Um, and I know this story and it's, it still makes me cry. And before you even got to the part of the crux of the story where here she was over the age of 30, which people think you're so ancient history because you're 30. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, but, but that's a belief. So even before you got to the point where you were playing this incredible song in hospitals, helping people find strength in a way that Rachel, only you do like that song. It's literally like straight from God. Like it's the notes, it's the words, it's the combination. It's how you sing it. But even before that, I was tearing up thinking about how people assume that if you're famous, you're lucky. And if you're famous, you got there because it was some overnight, whatever. And what they don't always get is that it's people like you who are so willing to put in the work, who are so willing to commit and the generosity of like looking for ways to just, even if it was giving that to one person in a hospital, the fact that this is what you were doing, not to mention the fact that that song had already been heard by all the people who were in charge of the music industry and they had all said no. I know. So just think of this. It's like, there's so much to it. It's one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard that we've ever told on the podcast. You're just so generous and so, so damn special. You deserve all the success. Am I not wrong? Like everybody feels this way about you. So what did that teach you that you want to share with other people about how to keep going? I mean, the fact that you did that, like, it's easy to say, and they said no, and I kept going, but to actually keep going when everybody's said no already, there's no one else to talk to about it. How do you actually keep going? I've studied this a lot. Again, I've thought about it a lot because actually I still have to deal with this today. You know, I'm still trying to reach new heights and getting rejected and I'm still borrowing from my younger self and that fiery, like can do, will not give up, backed into a corner. I don't give a crap. I will stand back girl. And I think that 
first of all, I take the focus off of myself. My biggest thing is zoom out. Like, you know, it's with depression or when you're too focused on your ego, it's like you're looking at the sky through a straw. Take the straw away, look at the big picture. I just did it this morning. I had another hard thing happened this morning. And I just worked through this all and did the work this morning. So I meditate. I mean, I have a deep spiritual practice and I did first before I even meditated because I was too upset this morning to even get to that place and even sit. I, I moved, you know, I like moved my body. I danced, I sang some music. I just was a little silly. I like, shook up the energy. And then I sat and I, I surrendered all over again. And I, I did this practice that I don't know if you guys heard of Tara Brock. Yeah. She's amazing. She is incredible. And and her practice of RAIN, the acronym RAIN, is my lifeblood. And it's I do it now automatically. So this is this practice. Would you guys like me to walk you through it? Or Yes. How amazing. 100% yes. So this is when you're stuck in any moment of just stuckness or like defeat or feeling like, how on earth am I supposed to move out of this or shift? And you can listen to her explain it far more elegantly on her podcast because I'm not, I hope that I do justice. The R is for recognize. So the R is, okay, what was I feeling this morning? I'll just walk you through me personally. I was feeling rejected. I was feeling small. I was feeling unworthy. I was feeling not talented. I just was feeling like crap. And so I just, at least rather than push away all those feelings and like force myself to smile, I just let them come. I was like, yes, yes. There was a yes. I don't want to feel this way, but I do. I feel small. I feel rejected. I feel unworthy. Just naming it, naming it to tame it. My therapist says. (laughs) So I just admitted what I was feeling, first of all. And then I let my body feel it. Like, what does the rejection feel like in my body? Oh my God. And it hurt. And it's scary to let it come, but I let it come up. I just felt all the pain and I just, I cried and I cried and I just felt it. And then I got into the position of it. I got into the position of feeling small. I really embodied it. And then I noticed, then I started observing. And as soon as you start observing, you move out of the lens of being the person feeling it to the observer, to the calm, rational person that's always there, to the higher self. And so just that simple act of like looking in your body, where is this feeling? And I was like, oh, dang, it's really in my head. So that's the A. Sorry, I skipped past things. The R is recognize, the A is allow. The I is investigate. Now we're in the investigate stage where we are looking in our body for it. Once you locate it in your body, and mine was in my heart a lot because it was felt like a broken heart, kind of it was in my head, that and you're staying in the eye and investigate, you ask that part of you. Because I really believe I've I have two therapist parents. I have done a lot of you know work on this. I really believe there's we have lots of selves. There's not just Rachel or Kathy. There's like Rachel from when she was seven who got rejected by her friends on the playground. There's Rachel who was hurt by the labels rejecting her. There's all these Rachels. So I just literally asked that whoever was showing up right now, like, what are you feeling and what do you need to hear? And what that Rachel told me was, I need to hear that I'm loved. I need to hear that the music I make matters. I need to hear that I'm okay, that I'm worthy. And it was hard because I didn't believe it yet. You know, I was just kind of calling it out. Like I'm still in pain. Okay. Then is the N is nurture. Then you're going to shift from your body when you're like the small, like rejected, compacted, whatever it is, guilty. You're going to shift into your higher self, how you imagine your higher self might sit with your shoulders back. And you're, I imagine mine like this glowing, beautiful 
goddess walking towards me on the beach with like a cape on and she's just magical. So I try to embody that. And maybe you have different religious beliefs. Maybe yours is God or Jesus or, or some figure that you pray to. And maybe it's a grandmother that passed away. You just embody someone that loved you so dearly with that unconditional universal love. And you become that person and, and you might not feel like you want to yet, but you just move your body into it because even the posture will signal to our body, will rewire our brains that we're not in fight or flight. So even allowing ourselves to be upright, they've studied this a lot, will allow the like spinal cord to get all the, you know, the perennial, I don't need these words, but <laughs> just allows you to get um, into that zone. So you guys can all do it right now. Just like sit up, we'll all do it. And we'll just put our shoulders back and kind of expand our rib cage and let our let the breath come through our diaphragms, not this up here breathing of nervousness that we do. Just let the breathing come deep, slow breaths into our diaphragms and just try to embody right now your highest self. Just borrow it for a second. And then once you're in that beautiful position, you're going to give yourself the nurturing that your small self asked for. And it is the most beautiful practice because you don't need anyone else. It comes from inside or God, or whatever it is, but it comes from you. And it's beautiful because that is the most powerful thing that I've learned is that I have everything I need inside of me. And I worked through all of this today. And I finally got to the place where I told myself, Rachel, you are worthy. You do make music that matters. You are talented. You are loving. You are like, you know, just worthy of being loved. And then I was able to show up to you guys. I didn't want to show up to you guys with the small self, Rachel, I wanted to be able to show, like embody my higher self. So that's my journey of dealing with rejection and how you just get back to your higher self, zoom out. And then my other thing I did over and over was I gave, I just gave, I gave freely and willingly. I, when I would get rejected, I would just go sing at a hospital. I would just book an appointment to go sing. The organization I sang through was a musician on call and we'd visit, we'd go bedside. And maybe your version of charity is something else. Maybe it's even in your own family or with a friend, but my version was let me go give in a big way. And that would always take the focus off what I lack to what I have to give. And it felt empowering. It's the same way when you're feeling broke, like my biggest tip is go donate. Cause you realize like, Oh, I have $50 to give. It's so good. I, I feel like um, just being with you in this moment and knowing you and feeling your residence. It's almost like the reason why there was some of that rejection is because you vibrate at such a high place that the mediocrity, they don't sell that. They're not looking for that. Right. And then what you're doing is coming in from such a, such a high resonance. And eventually though, it's so good that even the mediocre, they can't ignore it, but it, it pierces through because it's coming from just the most true, genuine place. I love talking to you about all this, but before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsors. Like many of us, I do a lot of my shopping online, which means that if you're selling online, you're definitely in the right business. You've probably got a lot of orders coming in and a lot of orders you're going to need to ship out fast. That's why online sellers like you need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. You can ship with any carrier, have access to discounted shipping rates, and automate just about any shipping task. 
This way, you spend a lot less time on shipping and a lot more time on the important things like growing your business. I know a lot of you sell from different platforms like Amazon, Etsy, or your own website. And what's cool about ShipStation is that it funnels all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. You'll even get access to amazing discounts with major carriers like UPS, FedEx, and USPS. They make it so easy to compare carriers and choose the best solution every time. I love that they're giving small businesses access to the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies and you don't have to deal with the contracts or commitments. It's no wonder ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. Just use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial that's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in DREAMJOB. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code DREAMJOB. Make ship happen. On this show, we're always talking about how important it is to get out of our comfort zone and learn something new. And Skillshare makes it possible to start your own transformation as you turn small steps into giant leaps. It's an online learning community that offers membership with meaning, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. These are really the essential tools that empower you to accomplish real growth. Skillshare's classes give you that push to do something today you couldn't do yesterday with classes designed for real life. And best of all, it's incredibly affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. One of my favorite classes is the one taught by my friend, Andy J. Pizza. It's called Find Your Style, Five Exercises to Unlock Your Creative Identity, and it's so much fun. He walks you through these exercises to find your creative DNA, find your patterns, create your style key, and so many other lessons that will be really helpful whether you're just looking to explore your creative side or you really feel like you're in a creative rut. I also love that he encourages you to share your work from the class, even if it's the messy version. There's so much power that comes from giving yourself permission to show off the imperfect version of yourself and your work. You can also take classes in subjects like productivity, illustration, writing, entrepreneurship, photography, design. The options are truly, truly endless. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash dreamjob and get a free trial of their premium membership. That's Skillshare.com slash dreamjob. I'm wondering when you wrote Fight Song, because that is sort of one of the big things that we're talking about, how that song then sort of led to so many other things and you were singing it in the hospitals. What inspired you to sit down and write that before you had it to sing? My publisher, actually, who I'm still with to this day, and she's wonderful. She was listening to all the songs I was sending, you know, the thousands of songs I was writing. Right. And she asked me one time, she said, you know, Rachel, you really haven't told me your story. Like you're writing about missing your husband. And like at the time, who was popular? Maybe well, Taylor was always popular. So maybe Taylor was popular. I don't know. Katie probably with a lot of pop stars, you know, a lot of like girl, shiny pop singers. And I think I was trying to emulate that or just be anything other than myself, which yeah. is so hard to be ourselves. And I think she just said, can you just tell your story? And I was so frustrated. I was like, I have told my story, but she meant that story. She meant the story of what you just asked, like the girl that didn't, doesn't give up. And so I went into the session that day. It was up in a, uh, beautiful house in the top of a mountain somewhere at my friend's house. And I went in, I just started crying and the song just came like it came from God. It was not me. It just, I downloaded it and it was so quick. And I remember like looking at him being like, is that good? After seeing the chorus and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's really good. And, and then we wrote the rest of the song and some songs are just take, you know, battles to write and some are, gifted. And this one was a little bit of both. The chorus was all came in one chunk. And then the verses took a long time to write. I had to rewrite them over and over and over. It's so good. I can think of so many times listening to fight song, stand by you, like 
where I'm bawling and it's literally the best bridge to get me home to what I really need to feel in a moment. And I've like, I, I just can't thank you enough for those moments. Like, and it's the way in which you are so embodying the words of it. And um, God, is that such medicine? Like you've just given us all such medicine. I can just think of literally, literally, like I was listening to fight song a few weeks ago with my girls in the car. We listen to it all the time. And this time when I listened to it, I was like, oh my God, like I show up every day for them. Like I'm fighting through all my resistance and all my stuff so that I can model for them something. Like that was like a whole thing, you know? And the other song, Stand By You, I was thinking my mother-in-law has been in hospice for several weeks. And I was just thinking how the love, you know, like for better or worse, the relationships can be so complicated, but I just like witnessed my husband's like, unwavering loyalty for his mother. And it just, I listened to that song and I was bawling and I called him after I was like, I was listening to this song and I want you to listen to it from the standpoint of like how good you are, the goodness in you, like you will never like leave her side. And it's so beautiful. And I could just hold that for you for a second. And um, it helped me so much in that moment. And I, I, I've, I've literally had every feeling listening to your songs. And then this song you wrote for your daughter, like they're just so incredible it must have been so powerful. I can't even imagine being a fly on the wall in those hospital rooms when you were singing those songs. What was their reaction and what was your reaction when you were noticing how it was affecting people in the early days? I could feel, I, I feel it to this day, but it was the first time it happened then. Just um, like, cause there was a purity to what was happening. Like it was, it really did feel like medicine that I was delivering and it did really feel like it was bigger than me and it felt really pure and really open and really just expansive and loving like it was like some other presence was going to be singing through me and to this day anytime I sing most of my songs some of them are about that but every time I sing it before a concert I literally just open myself up to be like to just be a channel and a vessel and be like whatever people need and whatever I need I mean actually it's interesting because when I was on tour two summers ago I was struggling with like trying so hard to give everyone love that I was not having fun anymore. And what I realized was it had to be between like me and my creator, like me and God are having the party and then everyone else is going to just get to experience the joy that's happening through that. So the resonance that, so I get into resonance of like, I'm with you. And then that I don't have to try because the trying actually brings our ego in. So I just like hold the space like I'm doing right now. I'm just I'm not trying to be I mean, I'm massively trying to love on you all, but I'm really just feeling so loved myself by the universe because of all that work I already did this morning that it becomes effortless of just like you're just going to resonate like you do, Kathy. And like many of you, I can feel your energy. You're just resonating love without trying to. So that's what it felt like. It was this beautiful feeling of like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I don't have to try as hard as I've been trying. When I have a song like this, when it's so pure, I just have to trust and sing it. And it felt like true medicine I was getting to deliver. So to this day, it's it's so special to get to write that way. And can I, I want to go back to something you said, because- I can't believe that you touched on this. And this was another realization I had this morning. Some of the rejection I was ha- I was talking about this morning, one of the ways that once I'd gotten into my higher self and like realized I was able then to get some downloads and understand what was going on. And actually the biggest realization I had was, Rachel, you're not, I'm not trying to do what other 
pop singers are trying to do. It's a really different thing. Mine is like an offering, not that it's better or worse. It's just different. And it is vibrating maybe a little higher, not like higher, low, who cares? We're not judging, but maybe mine's just a little bit more intending of like healing and love. And that might not be the vibration of most of the music industry. I mean, I saw the Grammys the other night and they were inspiring some of those performances, but there was also a lot of darkness that I can easily now identify. Like I can see who's full of light and who's not. And some of the performances that you might think are incredible might not be the most like purely trying to spread love ones. And I just realized my energy is not matching the resonance of a lot of people in this industry. And so a lot of people are going to reject me, but I will find my team. I will find my squad and when I will find the person that matches that energy. So it's that, I can't believe you tapped into that. that was well, like- actually that came from uh, one of our mutual friends, Sherry Salata, who was executive producer of Oprah and she was president of Harpo. And she had said to me a couple of years ago, she's like, you, you need to be on TV. You need a talk show. Like, I don't say this to anybody. It's just a resonance. Like you're just, that is the resonance. That's a fact. That's what's happening. That's what needs to happen. But I gave you those words because those are her words. And for her to say that when she was literally sitting in the living room with every person, including Oprah herself, like Rachel, it's so true about you. Like the way you just spoke about the way you stand there on stage and it's like, I'm just going to drop it. I'm not going to try so hard. That's what everyone else is doing. They're trying so hard as if matter changes matter. Energy changes matter. Matter doesn't do anything. Girl, you know your stuff. You know your stuff. (laughs) Let me ask you this though, speaking of resonance, because you said to me, we're on a Zoom call with some of our friends a couple months ago. And I was like, as I always am, like waking up every day saying like, God use me. And then I always feel like that place right where I need to sort of like step up into, right. And sort of align more, be more of a magnet. And then I'll feel that resistance. And I was talking to you about it and you were like, yeah, you have to surrender to letting yourself be seen. And you, that day when you dropped to your knees, my feeling is that was the moment you finally said like, okay, I'm ready to really let myself be seen. So I want to know about that because people don't just become this famous unless you are actually at a place where your capacity to receive is great. And it that's the heart. I find talking to now millions of people, that is actually the hardest work. So how have you done that? I think that that might not have been totally my battle. I've had a lot of other battles, but as I said, that first time I saw that stage of 80,000 people, I was yep. like, my destiny, like when you guys close your eyes and you, and I want you to do this sometime today while you're in the resonance of what we're talking about. I want you to close your eyes sometime, take a little time for yourself, go somewhere special. And, and I want you to just allow yourself to daydream for a second. And I want you to see what you're like, the grandest vision of you is, and just go wild. Don't judge it. Don't be like, that's impossible. And it might not even make sense. Like mine is kind of seems like an outer space version of me. Who's like floating in the ether with like a you know massive crowd but it's like this it's that higher self girl with like a crown and a, a robe and it's all weird it feels like it could be in like star wars or something and maybe yours is like doesn't make any sense but i just want you to daydream it and just let yourself go there and and see what that person is doing because um and kathy i'm sure you've already done it but like what would the grandest kathy be doing ever like what's the your wildest imagination that you could be doing right now sitting with you. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is it. No, me too right now, honestly, because this is so healing for me and for you and maybe hopefully for you guys too. But I think that 
when you allow yourself to see that that vision actually is without the like egos judgments of like, oh, you can't do that. What, you know, you're not good enough or you're, you're too old or you're this or whatever, right. whatever are two that's this is and that's are. Once you see that vision and, and its purity, then I think you can like understand what God has intended for you. You know, it's like, oh, and then you can be like, well, I'm, who am I to say that's not possible when implanted in my head, it wouldn't be there if it wasn't from some, some higher place. I wouldn't have this dream of being a superstar. If, if the universe didn't want me to be a superstar, you guys wouldn't have the dreams that are in your heart. If someone didn't think that that was possible for you too, it just wouldn't make sense. It doesn't work like that. So whatever the dream is actually is for you. It actually is possible. And that's what I believe. And I think that's the way that I was able to get out of my own way when I feel like I'm scared of being seen or scared about, I just go back to the bigger purpose, like I zoom out again. Like it's, and it also, it's not really, a, it's not really about me. Like I'm a vessel. It's about healing millions of people with music. That's my purpose in this world. That's why I'm here. So when I get in my own way, like I did this morning and feel like I'm too small or not worthy of it, that's just my ego getting in the way of what God's grand plan for me is. Okay, I have a few more things to ask you, but first we're just going to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a quick, easy, and affordable way to design whatever you need, then you have to check out Canva. No matter if you're an amateur designer or you've been doing it for years, Canva Pro can help boost your productivity and creativity. And with a subscription, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. When I first started pitching my music, I made a super simple PDF on Canva and called it Mochas and Music. I had no experience in graphics or design, but I was able to put it together. And then I emailed this to some music supervisors and it opened the doors to so much of my work. That little PDF helped me get 26 meetings, which then brought so many more opportunities and the rest is history. So basically, I have to thank Canva for getting my career off the ground. And these days, we use our Canva Pro account almost every day to make graphics for the podcast, for Instagram, workbooks, homework sheets. We even use Canva Pro to make a video for a reunion party that we had last week and everyone loved it. No matter if you're an artist, a podcaster, writer, a coach, you're going to need graphics for your business and Canva is the solution. And it's really cost efficient, which is so important no matter what stage of your business you're in. So design like a pro with Canva Pro. Get a free 45-day extended trial by going to canva.me slash dreamjob. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash dreamjob. People often have this thing called imposter syndrome. They feel like a fraud and they say, who am I to do this? And I always say, who are you not to do it, right? You've been assigned. And it's like, yes, we're not, we're not really these physical like egos. We're really a way of like, you know, we when we are in alignment, we connect heaven and earth, right? Like literally that's what we get to do. We get to be in that portal. But we are so conditioned to believe in this ego, right? Like I'm this age, I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. And you've so clearly like been able to drop in, right? Drop into like what's really true and let go and shed all that other stuff. That's just noise. But for so much of the world, and I know that I've definitely had these moments too, you, you get pulled into this artifact, which is the mind, right? Which is the stories, the narrative. So being around you, first of all, is, is the greatest the greatest elixir because just being in your residence, we're all um, metabolizing it. But if we're not around you and we want to go walk into this vortex, like how would you describe to people how to go from that finite, small, myopic 
little creation of this like bastardized version of who we are into that place where you say like, you're really just a vessel. Like, how would you explain that out so that we could get there? It's been a lifetime of work for me that started when I was in my twenties and I learned about Buddhism. And when I mentioned God, I'm not, I'm Jewish. I was raised Jewish, but I don't mean a Jewish God. I'm, I just believe in every religion. I believe everyone is right. I think that, I think God to me is like um, the light shining through a prism. Like it's light. And then it, it's, the light goes everywhere and people get the light differently, but it's all one light. It's all the same source. So that's what I'm saying when I say God, but I also say the universe sometimes just to be clear. And so I studied Buddhism and I studied um, Christianity. I got introduced to Jesus and I just, I like studied all of this and soaked it all up. And then I also read tons of self-help books, like a lot of Wayne Dyer, I, Eckhart Tolle. So books basically is what I'm saying are my thing. You know, I love reading something that lifts me up, but um, one that changed my life is this one called the untethered soul. Have you guys read that? So good. I'm Michael Singer. And he has another book called the surrender experiment and whoa, Oh my God. Those changed my life because a lot of the manifesting books, and believe me, I manifested the crap out of fight song. Like I saw every single thing that happened and it all happened except for one part that's still going to happen. I know. But the manifesting gets tricky for me because like my daughter has something going on with her health right now. She didn't, she's two. She didn't manifest that. It just doesn't totally work. And yes, I know quantum physics. I understand that actually we, we are projecting like it's not us looking, it's, you know, we're, we're creating our experience, but I think there's this X factor too, that we just don't control. And there's, I think it's a beautiful, good natured force in the universe that's working that we can't always understand that's working with our, you know, not, not happening to us, but for us. And it's just out of our control. So part of it is like this book, The Untethered Soul, helped me understand is, God, I'm controlling. I'm trying to control every single thing that happens to me, make sure it's good. But who am I to know what's good or bad? What am I like every daily? Why is Violet's rashes that she's getting? Why are they bad necessarily? Like sometimes little kids face adversity and then they grow up to have a deep understanding and compassion and empathy for other people. Who, how do I know what her life path is? I know she didn't manifest it, but I know that we can make meaning out of this. And so that's what I believe. I believe that we, we can make meaning out of every experience. We don't necessarily create every experience and that the biggest thing has to come, and I'm bad at this and I'm still working on it, is just the surrender to like, I can't stop the waves, but I can learn how to surf them. I can ride the highs and lows. I can use my practices, my books, my tools to ride the lows and I can have faith that the highs are coming again. And I think your question was about getting out of my small self, right? So, and I think that the trust and the faith comes from um, knowing that the small self is who has the problems with the up and down, that the small self is who's impacted and so ferociously fighting against like the daily goods and bads that we judge good or bad that really we don't know because I bet every single person here could name an experience that at the time you labeled very bad that actually years later or days later, who knows how long it took was a blessing, was a humongous blessing. And that's my, that's the thing I keep coming back to. Like, I just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I just don't know what God is working for me behind the scenes. I don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. And so I can't judge with this small mind ego. I have to step back and again, to that higher self, get back in and tap into the resonance of the universe 
and get back into alignment so that I can trust that the flow of life is happening for me, not to me. Oh my God. It's so good. And I was just talking to my mom about this yesterday. Cause she's like, you've been meditating every day now. And, and she said, and I could just tell you're so happy. And I said, no, 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 no. There's no agenda to be happy. And she said, well, oh, I mean, you just feel really good. And I was like, or not. Who says that rolling out the welcome mat to all the feelings that there's some that are better and there's some that are worse. And so I love when you talked about the process you went through this morning where you just like welcomed it to the table. And that's the problem is that we're judging the experience. It's never the pain. That's the problem. It's a story about the pain, right? Like how many times have you been in a funeral and, and you, you just have this feeling, not that you're happy, but something feels good. Something feels aligned. Something feels like you're, there's, there's something happening, right? That, that you wouldn't say like, oh, that's bad, right? Like there's something breathtaking in all of it. But I just think that it's, you know, in 400 episodes, you're, you're one of the first people I've ever heard say like, who's to say that something is bad or, or good. And I think that that's the whole point of surrender, right? Is, yes. is our natural state is this being that's just connected with what is, was, will be, right? And there's this well-being, but it's the trying to control it, right? It's the trying to make it be a certain way or else then we are not where we need, what? Yes, exactly. That's exactly it, Kathy. It's like, and, and then, and my agenda, I don't have all the information. So like what I think I need is not, might not be the very best thing for what I actually need in the moment. So even in this thing that I went through this morning, I can bring it back to that. I was looking at it through this small little lens through my little straw. Once I zoomed out and understood the truth that you tapped into too, I was like, oh, I can have a lot more patience and faith in this process because someone you know, there's another force at work here yeah. and there's the rejections are for a reason and it's okay. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't like, it's not great. I'm still sad, but like, I can understand the, like, that there might be a larger thing at work. Yes. And, and part of it, which is so obvious, if, if it's not already so obvious to you, it's so obvious to the world <laughs> is that I said this to you when I first met you, you're like a shaman, like you are a spiritual teacher a force there's something so much more to you than like your newest single but what's so beautiful is that your music is such a example and such a uh, container for such perfect alignment with your spiritual message which is so incredible that you're that connected that you can make something out of nothing that really translates what you bring, but what I feel is happening for you. And you're, you're so generous. If you follow Rachel on Instagram or you, you witness, she opens up, right? And so something's happening where you are going to be in a completely other sphere than all of these other people who are maybe not shamans, but they're, they write songs, right? But you write songs and you channel something that's like a frontier of so what the world needs so much. And I think you're being called and guided there, which is what's kind of happening. There's like a, a pulling apart in a, in a big way to put you in your real seat, to take your real seat on the stage. And I think part of it is that the ability to allow people to welcome what really is going on without cutting that off from yourself. I've never seen you do that. You're so... Uh, brave where you'll, you'll say, this is what's going on. You just did it today, like 14 times. Nobody <laughs> wants to really do that. I don't, thank you so much. 
you're making me tear up. It's so, thank you for helping. You know what those tears are? That's you knowing that that's true. Yeah. And I, I hope I'm able to maintain the humility, but I also agree with you. Like there is something, there's a bigger reason. I, one of the songs that I wrote in this past batch of songs was, um, I suffered panic attacks two years ago. They're the worst. Oh my God. I hope that you guys haven't, but if you have like my heart aches for you because it is the scariest thing. And I had them on tour when I was trying to play in front of 15,000 people a night and breastfeed my daughter. It was like, just so scary. And I, wrote a song. I, I, I asked God again to like, please use me as a vessel to help that specifically. So I wrote this song that is literally walk someone out of a panic attack. And it sounds like a pop song somehow. I don't understand, but it's as a meditation running through it. It was this, all the experiences that I'd had with panic attacks and it, it is a gift. It's like an offering. And it's, it's so different than the way most of my friends wrote a song. Mine's so deep. Like, Rachel, can't I just ever write a light song? But you're right. I, I can't. It's not my thing. Mine goes a little deeper. That's all right. So that's what I was also going to ask you is, I mean, it's such a trip. Being on the planet in general is hard. Going to high school is hard. I can't imagine. I mean, I've been in LA for 18 years, but I can't imagine living in the spotlight in the world of all of that and maintaining yourself and your marriage and your kids. And how do you not get like, there's so much insecurity and there, there's so much hurt and there's also so much talent and light too. Right. But how, how have you been able to stay so clear in, in the midst of all of that? I had, uh, that was the gift. That was a gift that I could channel it into this as like an offering. And so I, I look at the things that happened to me as like, I get the way the world works with me now. I have to go through tougher things than other pop stars, pop singers, but then there are these offerings that, that get to be gifted to the world. So I understand that it's annoying, but I think that I have so many tools. Like I can tell you more tools and I'm just, Kathy, I know you have a lot of tools too. And I have a therapist that is amazing. I have an acupuncturist that's amazing. And I understand how privileged these things are to have when I was broke living in New York city, it was a lot harder to get these tools, but reading is always, you know, there and, and you can do the work on your own too. I'm fortunate enough to be in a place where I can go and access these things. I meditate daily. I know the way that a day will go. If I don't drop in first, it just, the day sucks. It just, something's off, you know? And, and if I do drop in, things can happen good and bad, but I'm even, I'm more even. So I do that work. I move my body every morning. I eat things that are, I know high vibration that are going to help me for the most part. I had a cheeseburger and fries yesterday. It's fine. You know, I don't believe in like extremes of any kind, but I just have all these tools to keep myself clear now. And the biggest tool is that rain technique that got me out of a thousand panic attacks of just the stop, recognize what's going on, allow it, investigate and nurture. And, um, no, I, I would love to hear from you guys, other tools that maybe write me on Instagram or something. I'd love to hear any tools that you guys are using too. Cause I'm always open to new ones. Like I love learning. So if you guys are hearing me talk and you're like, wait, there's something that I think she might love. Tell me just comment on the latest thing and, and I'll go seek it out because I'm a seeker. I just love learn. Don't you? I just love learning new things. So it's so good. And, and I love that rain technique because I think what we've all practiced so much of is just like self-abandonment and it's just like Violet, right? Like she's two. Sometimes like she just needs you to witness her and then she can go, 
oh, I can feel what I'm feeling and then I can move and make space for something else, right? And just acknowledge it, just acknowledge it. So I love that you practice that. It makes so much sense that that's like the thing that you go back to. And I'm so glad everybody heard that today. And to sum up, speaking of self-abandonment, I feel like people, the number one thing that happens when I'm speaking to people and they'll, it'll probably happen today is like, they'll look at you and they'll be like, but she's so stunning and she's so talented and her voice is so good. And people seem to think, like, am I really needed? People seem to think that they're not needed. Like there's something inside of us that's less worthy or doesn't have this thing. And so we don't even begin. And what do you think about that? Do you think that there's a space for each person? I am so glad you asked that question. What a powerful question. Oh my God. This is my whole thing. You are given this unique toolbox that no one else has in the universe ever. And no one else ever will again. There will never be another you. And how do you know that that is not exactly that version, even if it doesn't look like what you think, you know, for me, like if I measure myself up against, you know, who was performing at the Grammys, I could also get intimidated too. But my own little unique version of Rachel, the world needs it too. It doesn't mean that they only need me and that they don't need other people or that I have to, that jealousy isn't there and that comparison isn't there, but who you are is needed. And, and we need exactly your truth and we need exactly your message and we need exactly the light that you uniquely are going to shine in this world. Because again, like the prism, it's going to go the other way too. Like in order for us to shift and vibrationally shift, we need it coming from everywhere. We don't just need my songs or Kathy's podcast. We need every single person listening their own version because it's a butterfly effect because maybe your version doesn't impact millions of people. Okay. Maybe you impact your family and maybe your children will go out and impact their teachers. And we don't know the way that God's working behind the scenes. So please don't withhold your beautiful gift from the world, even if it's small and you think it's not worthy and it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. It's so good. I see how that's touching people so much. You're such an exceptional person. The kindness that comes from you and the truth and the vulnerability, you are that prism like of such beauty, such beauty. Tell us where we can find you. And she wrote a book a couple of years ago and she's- Oh, yeah. I I wrote a children's book and it's so cute called you belong and it was a song that i wrote for my daughter that got turned up um i'm mostly active on instagram and i'm trying to do tiktok for the kids kids. trying to to figure it out i don't know i did a wop dance was don't watch that (laughs) and yeah i'm trying to stay active on social media i have like a love-hate relationship with social media so sometimes i'll be quiet for a couple days but I, I do share very vulnerably. Kathy's right. I'll just be like, hi, I'm having mom guilt or like, hi, I'm like, whatever. So yeah, I'm very raw and vulnerable. And I don't know if I always do it right, but I would love to hear from you guys and have you as part of my community. So Rachel, thank you so much. I love you guys so much. I love this community. I feel really grateful that I got to be part of this and I really loved this. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Rachel. Ah, I love Rachel so much. Okay. Here are the takeaways. Number one, Take the focus off yourself. Zoom out and look at the big picture. Number two, don't push away your emotions. Admit what you're feeling. Name it to tame it. Number three, nurture your small self. You don't need anyone else to do it for you. You have everything that you need inside of you. Number four, stop thinking about what you lack and focus on what you can give. Open yourself up to be a vessel and channel to what other people need. 
Number five, whatever the dream is, it's for you and it's possible. Number six, it's okay to surrender. You can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf them. Ride the lows and have faith that the highs will come again. Number seven, going through tougher things gives you more offerings that can be gifted into the world. And number eight, you've been given a unique toolbox that no one else will ever have. There will never be another you. We need your truth and your message and the light that only you can shine in the world. Okay, now I'm going to announce the next winner of today's giveaway. We're doing giveaways every Monday and Thursday. So if you want to be entered to win some awesome swag, we've got some hoodies and some mugs with some adorable things. All you have to do is leave a review for the podcast. So if you like the show, leave a review. It's free. It takes a minute. You can also, if you don't want to leave a review, you can just post about the podcast in your Instagram stories and tag me at kathy.heller so we can make sure you're entered. So today's winner is Mary Michelle 68 and she wrote a review. She said, a true gift. Kathy is a true gift with her empathy and desire to connect with her listeners. She shares her story so beautifully and is making a difference in this world. Thank you for being you and sharing your beautiful spirit with this world. That's so kind. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you so, so much. I know I say this all the time, but I truly appreciate that you spend your time here with me. I know that your time is the most precious thing that you've been given, and it's not lost on me that you're here. So thank you. We have so many more good episodes coming up. So definitely subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss anything. And don't forget, I'm doing a day-long virtual retreat next Sunday on the 11th. If you want to sign up and claim your spot, you can go to welcomesoul.com. Before we go, I just want to ask if this episode inspired you. Did it touch your heart? Can you think of one person who would be inspired by this, who loves Rachel, or who would just eat up this conversation? If the answer is yes, then text them the link or email them the link, or better yet, go ahead onto your Instagram stories and post about the episode and tag me at kathy.heller so I can repost and tag Rachel. She's at Rachel Platten because she wants to know if this resonated with you. And I know that she'll repost some if she sees them. I love you guys so much. I'm going to leave you with a song. And since we started doing daily episodes this year, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.